0: Know Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Pawinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. Good. Welcome to the Know Thyself Podcast. I'm here with Daniel. Hello. I'm Eduardo. And, uh, yeah, let's pick up where we left off on Genesis and the seven days of creation. Last, uh, episode, we, we covered numerology. We've had a lot of great questions regarding, um, the significance of all the information that we provided in regards to numbers. And, um, and just like we're going to keep doing this with Genesis, we're going to, um, you know, picking out different verses, but in order and explaining their significance with regards to um, their astrological signatures, mm-hmm. even and and even numbers as we go. Which why last week we created that sort of cheat sheet in order to kind of understand uh, what these numbers really mean. And so, without further ado, what I'll will do right now is we'll we'll stick to Genesis uh, chapter one verse three, and I'm going to go ahead and read that so we can just sort of. Go from there. I like it. One second. Okay. So, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. And that's what we'll leave it off. Perfect. Cool. Perfect. So, yeah, man. Um, let's go ahead and start dissecting that. I have a lot of different, um, questions regarding these two books that I'm using right now, um, with regards to understanding your Bible through Manly P. Hall and this other book that Daniel, uh, and I have been going back and forth with, with notes that Daniel actually had in this, in this book. And so I have all these questions and I'm going to let you kind of take it from here and then I'll just fit in those questions or my input or my opinion as you go along.
1: Great, Awesome, man. Well, great introduction. thanks for kind of reading that. So we really kind of follow this timeline that's presented here in Genesis, right. And we've really kind of again, kind of micro analyze this and took it really slow. But we're um, we're just kind of continuing that journey. So we're kind of making it, again, we're we're approaching this written text really almost more in its oral tradition because remember for the majority of these stories of creation, they were told orally, you know, right. it's just in the limited time within this Iron Age that this information was put into this collection that we know as the Bible, right? Bible, right? Or even if you go back to like the Vedas and stuff like this, this is, it was a, it was an oral, tra- oral tradition a lot longer than it was a written tradition. And again, so that's going to help us kind of approach this. Really, why we're going so slow is because we really have to, again, get that enable that imagination and that creativity to really see this in almost our mind's eye um, and really get that, create that relationship that not only is this talking about the beginning of everything, this is also be talking about us, right? which is everything. So it's our beginning, it's also the universe's beginning, and it's also the cycle of the beginning of all things. We're looking at the alchemical process, Right. right? There's the reason why the Alchemical process was that seven-step process, and we took a a very uh, long, deep look at it, and we're just seeing its representation here in the Bible. So, I think just keeping that in mind as we continue this understanding is just to remember that this was a oral tradition for the for the majority time of these stories, and even this written edition is very much an abridged version of probably what was spoken under the stars eons ago. So again, let's just kind of practice getting into that mode as we kind of continue. Um, And another thought exercise just to kind of think about is this information is eternal. So when we were speaking about it in the oral tradition, there's something really magical that again, the Vedas, which is kind of the written test, text of the East. We have the the Hebrew um, Old Testament. We have all these old, um, old source material of the spiritual information. And again, right. we're seeing a lot of similarities, which is actually kind of counteractive to what you would see in the passing of information orally usually. So again, there's something special about this information that when, say, like I'm in my classroom with my students and we play the game telephone and you start with one message and it slowly makes its way through the room, it's a comical game because the message is really not in the same intactness and completeness in its variance through the 22 people because it's just very subjective information. It might just be like the monkey has three bananas, right? right? And then by it gets to the end, it's like, you know, you had a kid that kind of had fun. It, it just like makes these variations, but it's a much different message at the end, right? But that's kind of like subjective information. It can go through these transformations, but this oral tradition being objective truth, even though it lived through this oral tradition, the message stayed intact. And that's how you know there's really special information out there. If it can go through this ability of not being written down on paper to be verified, but the oral tradition still maintains its elegance and its grace and Mm -hmm. its symmetry for life— um, and again, it gets diluted through corruption. We saw through like exoteric religions later on. Right. But again, that's such a small window of human history that we we also have to approach. And that's why we were talking about time. But again, we don't realize that the old golden age is four times longer than this iron age. There was, there's been civilization. There's so much more we don't really perceive, um, and we get caught in our limited, you know, modern history understanding with not enough. Right regard for how long ancient history actually
0: goes for and just how different
1: consciousness was
0: in that era. And I love that you say that um, because of the statement you made prior about using, you know, your mind's eye or your imagination, because it's kind of, you know, interesting that even if you, you try to interpret this and read this from even other books that are trying to help you interpret this, you have to sort of take a step to the side in order to have an open mind to something that has never been presented to you ever because we lost that and we don't have a connection to that level of consciousness that maybe civilizations prior to us did and uh and i'm just really excited to to continue going down um the road with with this information with that regard with right. that kind of like keeping your imagination up because i know that's like one thing that i read about in um how to understand your bible through man of hall he states that in there but like you have to like kind of take the words and rearrange them a little bit and have a better understanding of what they really are describing, whether it's like something as simple as the seven days and what a day really means and, or, and God saw himself in man and man was in God, but it's like, what does that really mean as far as in terms of the macro and the micro, um, mm-hmm. uh, cause them. So, um, anyways, yeah. Yeah. Again,
1: it's not this, this story of Genesis. We can't think of this as an external process, right? This is an internal realization. And it's when we connect to that internal realization that we kind of delve deeper into this understanding of not only creation, our creation, but also how we partake in creation, hence us being, cre- you know, creators. Right. So, um, so again, this is, the, this is that process, that was this oral tradition, um, and it really helps the individual, when they fully embrace it, um, embark on that journey of the mind and the journey of the soul. Right. So this is the seven days of creation are going to kind of represent these seven seven rays of light. So let's let's jump right into kind of where we kind of started. So we were speaking about that prima materia, right? And that mm-hmm. that's kind of the mist that was going over the waters. And this represented the mother. Right. Right. And this was this kind of that oneness feeling, right? With the whole universe is within. And one thing that I, I kind of wanted to mention as I was kind of reflecting on the notes and trying to kind of think about what we discussed through the through the podcast on this episode, there was, you know, in that mother though, there was all of creation. So there was, there was, you know, there's chaos and there's order and there's everything in between. So even like the, the, there's a kind of even like a destructive aspect in it, which we see with like the Kali Yuga, right? Like the mother gives and the mother kind of like brings it back into. And so... With this this aspect in before, when we were kind of talking about the, that mist, we're really kind of talking about all creation in there. And then we have that introduction of Saturn that kind of plays its role, right? And Saturn almost extinguishes that mist. Right. Right? Um, and we kind of talk about this is what, you know, again, Saturn, without Saturn, we wouldn't have this individual identity, right? right. There would be no way for me to be in this place and be in another place, right? So, and like you're me, uh, like you are you, and I am me, and I can't be you, right? Right. That's Saturn kind of gave us that separation, so we could actually go on that process. So again, when that light of consciousness, that internal mother almost gets extinguished, it really gets kind of fortified by this very almost what we would call this mineral cold kind of Saturn, okay? And then right where we were approaching, we were kind of talking about that play, and that's kind of— that's kind of like the play that almost happens within us. Um, we're going to kind of talk about how we we actually go through this process as well of the introduction of Saturn and what that kind of means. Um, but we kind of just want to, it's like almost like a fight of like life almost gets extinguished. Right. And so that brings us to our light, our line today that said, let there be light. Um, mm-hmm. And this is that sevenfold sun God that's going to arrive. That's going to save mother earth from Saturn. Um And how we're going to kind of see this is it's going to kind of play out as um, the Sun is actually going to kind of push back Saturn to its limits. Okay. So Saturn pushes us to our limits, and the Sun is what keeps Saturn at its limits. Because if Saturn had any more control over us— this world would be too cold. There, again, the sun kind of gives us our individuality. This gives us that life. This gives us the ability to have consciousness. Right. Right. You know, and the, everything has to be perfectly placed with the sun. Right. And then what we're going to kind of see here is the sun is going to kind of begin to warm Mother Earth, but at the same time, it's going to now that there's this light created, which is also a reflection of like our internal light. Right. It's now going to have access to all the other planets because that light is shooting off from the sun and it's bouncing off those planets and coming back to reflect to Mother Earth. Mm. So now we're going to start seeing the astrological energies of these other planets that are going to play out that are going to kind of make up the seven days of creation. So the ladder of planets and alchemy is just like the seven days of creation. And again, we start with Saturn and we're going to make our way all the way to Gold. Right? right. Right. So we're going to kind of continue that process. Um, and so what we're kind of see is in our minds when we see this let there be light, again, that's the Bible's very abridged. Okay. This is what that, this is the Lion King roar. Like this is why that where he stands on that mountain and gives that roar, because that's kind of how this this light breaking through and this dawn of this light, the pushback, the limits and the coldness and the restrictions of Saturn so you can actually have individual life, it was spoken of as a lion, right? And this is, again, where we're going to kind of see Rastafarianism kind of come in, and this is where we're going to see um, the story of the Lion King, right? And this, what's going to happen is this roar, which is really this electromagnetic energy, is going to vibrate and form patterns and almost create like a dance on Earth. So this is going to be also, if we're looking at the physical evolution of the Earth, this is going going to be from the mineral stage, which is ruled by Saturn, to the plant stage. Okay, And we're going to start talking about consciousness through this aspect. And what we're really going to be doing is we're going to kind of make our way through in the story of creation, these different aspects of life. And it mirrors the cycle of necessity that we spoke about, how you got incarnated and you start off as like a single, you start off as like a mineral, right? single celled mineral. And you kind of just start multiplying yourself. You go through the plant stages and then you make your way to the animal stages. And then you make your way to the human stages, well, this is married in the Bible with the steps of creation, right? And that's what we're going to kind of speaking about today. Um, and so that's what we're really going to be kind of looking at. And again, when we read John, and we're going to compare the two creation stories between Genesis and John, and John. John goes in a little bit more detail about the word, and this is what the word is talking about. It's this vibrational aspect of creation that's produced by the sun, and it's the sun again is what you know, it moves everything, right? It's what gets the photosynthesis going. It keeps all the cells rotating around. I mean, it's the whole aspect of like atomic physics kind of based within the sun. So there's this great importance that's kind of coming from it. Um, And what it's really just representing is the power of vibration and not even just the power of the voice. The voice is a representation of that vibration. But the idea that vibration is that source of all things.
0: Right. Right? Yeah, if they, if we were talking about the macrocosm and the microcosm, the thing to consider when we say those things, you know, as above, so below, is, we're all in the dance of that same geometric pattern. Mm-hmm. So even in the seven days of creation, when you have you know the animal kingdom and the and the plant kingdom i mean everything that comes from it is still from that pattern and that vibration and yes. that vibration is still um ignited by the sun right and so it's 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 always a dance happening within that that pattern so right. i really like that you're saying that you know um but go on right no and this is again why we're so attracted to music right because music is a great
1: representation of this pattern dancing is a great way to show how these energy reacts to sounds and how vibration Is really the shifting aspect. And again, you almost think about the vibration that comes from time. Yeah. And we've been talking about time as this formative aspect. And as that zodiac wheel changes, the different vibrations kind of come in together. And this is why kind of like existence is formed the way it is. And you can perceive the astrological energies of that moment. Mm-hmm. You can also reflect on the ones of the past and kind of look at what the energies are going to look like in the future, right? They haven't manifested yet, so we don't know exactly how they're going to kind of present themselves, but we can at least be have some you know, pre-knowledge of this. So this idea of this great lion singing the world into existence right right and this is going to be represented again with the sign leo the lion king um the lion the witch in the wardrobe right that whole series the lion's going to represent the sun god okay the the pushing back of saturn of that cruelty of saturn mm. right because again when we part of the spiritual one of the aspects of the spiritual growth that we go through is to actually accept who's going to be taking you your life. So you can grow up and fear Saturn, but Saturn is just the ender of life. Like he just kind of ends it because he's all about limits, but you actually go back to the mother. And that's part of the mystic journey, how not to fear death. Because even though the mother comes to collect everything that she creates, you're going back to the womb. And so there's this comfort going to it, where when people just kind of fear Saturn, they just see this end of this physical existence, you know, they're so poor, all they have is money kind of lifestyle right. that they, they hold on to everything. Right. Like they're the ones that there's like a great song. They're the ones that when they want to get buried and they're getting like fit for their suits, they want pockets because they think they're taking stuff with them. Right. Those are the people that kind of fear the death of Saturn. Right. Right. Um, when really part of the mystic journey is actually seeing the beautiness and the mother of how, you know, i give giveth and I taketh away. And you're actually just going back to that source and we really shouldn't be fearing it because it's, the creation of a new life. You're going back to the womb. Um, And again, that's kind of how we can um, approach this Kali Yuga again with that responsibility of that, you know? Um, So again, the singing of this world existence is this, this is the sun God announcing the champion and transition from the mineral world to the plant world. And again, this is the representation also within you. This happens within you. And this is what happens when you actually almost like internally Um, are going to go from the stages of you know, like the single celled organism that you can't even recognize to this like fetus connected to the mother, right? And that's kind of the transition from you almost in the plant life. Because you again you start off as this single celled organism coming up between the sperm and the egg. Right. You can actually see the creation story happening within the womb of the mother. Right. Right. Again, nine months. We talked about the nine nine being so so important. So How the human is created is also going to replicate, again, how physical science says that um, the world was kind of created, right? They think it's this explosion, and it was really hot, and then it started to cool down, right? started to cool down from this magna, and that's that whole stage of Saturn, the cooling down, the hardening. What is Saturn? Saturn's hard, right? So we have this hardening of this aspect. And then what we're going to have is once this light is introduced of the sun, and it's going to encourage vegetation we're going to have this whole other aspect of now life championing over like the material realm so the material has life but this is going to take us to the next stage just like we had to go from these stages in our own soul's journey um up the ladder back up to heaven right so just like the earth had to go from mineral to plants we had to go from mineral to plants Mm -hmm. just like and then we we replicate the cycle inside the mother um, and we kind of go from this aspect Um, but you're also talking about the journey of your soul. This is how your soul evolves, okay? Because this this is the garden of paradise. This is Eden. This is the paradise. This is before the fall because you're one with the mother, right? So you have no desire because your desires met before you feel hunger, your hunger is saturated. You don't know what hunger is because you're connected to the mother. You're within that womb. You're back in that oneness, mm-hmm. right? But you don't have your own like identity yet. So you're on that gestation process to this. But you live like a plant at this time, right? Just like a plant kind of has its own, it's not eating external energy, right? right? You're recycling the energy of the mother. You're kind of living through this plant life. And that's what this is going to kind of represent because... This is, again, this mirrors the journey of our soul. So we have mineral aspects to us, and we also have these plant aspects to us. Um, And it's really going to kind of show this paradise is in reference to the aspect that there's no sacrifice for life in this vegetable world at this time. Because there's no like animated movement. Everything produces its own food. So the tree doesn't have to take life to support life this is paradise. Okay. So this is the whole aspect of kind of where it kind of came from. Right. So, um, and also like a tree kind of never dies because it drops its piece and then it's either a seed or a cutling. Mm-hmm. And then that cutling could just grow into the other tree. So it's hard to tell where one tree starts and another tree ends. Exactly. Cause it's a replica. So this is talking about another form of your consciousness. And this is the stages that the Bible is telling you, this is where your sympathetic system is completely developed. Like you put up a sympathetic system up, that is a tree if you right. take away the body, right? This is where you got this feeling from. This is where you're able to, this is where your chakras come from. So your chakras are not part of your animal aspect. They're part of your vegetable aspect. Your mineral aspect is like your bones and your hard, like everything that's hard in your body. Right. That's your Saturn, right? And now we're making our way we're building how you built a human. Exactly. So we're taking, and you have to start the soul first because the soul attracts the human. So what do you do? You take the soul through all these aspects. So again, you you have to look at creation because this is looking back at you. This is telling you what you went through. Okay. And it's only when you actually start understanding this that you will understand, you will be able to approach what the beginning of the universe looked like. But it's not before. You're not going to understand what the beginning of the universe looked like and then see your role in this. It really kind of comes the other way around. You have to see that you are the beginning of the universe, right? And so is everybody else. And it's all part of this this evolution. So again, this paradise that we speak about in this aspect is really when the world is going to go from simple plant life and it's just going to kind of start evolving to this more Complex plant life, because life is always moving up the spiral, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to start, just like we started as a single-celled organism in multi, we're going to start as simple plants, and it's going to start to kind of formulate and kind of go over the whole world, right? Right, And this is, this is Adam before the fall. This is like the pre-fall Adam. It's not really talking about an individual. It's talking about that pure connection with everything, everything being connected with each other. You can actually see it in the plant kingdom if you go deep enough, like all these roots are connected, right? So one of the sacrifices we're going to make when we take on animal aspects and further human aspects is we're going to learn to not see that connection because it's no longer physical. And as we kind of become more individualized in our own selves, we no longer connect to the idea that we are all connected. And we actually, at one point, were physically connected to everything because we were part of this planned existence. Um, so, it's again, it's part of this illusion that kind of comes up with becoming human. And that's, again, it's part of that process, reconnecting with your um, vegetable kind of aspect of your soul and understanding right. that you… those make up that aspect right um so this is um this understanding that like nature yields this you know unending supply of food it's like this perfect paradise and that's what we're kind of talking about and this is this is um like in in the east if you've ever seen like the many-breasted god the female god this is what it means it's like mother nature always having like a balanced supply of nutrition right? right it's the milk of the gods um Anytime you see like baby Jesus at the breast of Mary, this is what they're signifying. It's more mother nature's um, continue support of the plant kingdom and how the plant kingdom can survive internally. Like it can produce its own food. Right? So um, all these living things were connected and there's this physical connection. So it's not like this illusion of separation that we kind of experience today. So this idea is that atoms kind of stretch to the corners of the cosmos and we've got that mineral, primitive plant and these complex plants um and so um these these this evolution through plants kind of very much makes who we are with this this nervous system and this whole aspect of the chakra system right right you know because those are just organs of perception it's like this feeling aspect so we really get our chakra system um from that vegetable kind of state right right yeah um and um Yeah, and you know, this is also why Adam, this is also why Eve is comes from the rib of Adam, right? Right. Because we're talking about this internal life, because this is pre-fall. So at this time, humans were able to they used to say that you almost couldn't like back in like the golden age, you can like impregnate somebody with like there's a certain vibration that could actually cause like this miracle birth kind of thing. Um, again, I'm not in a golden age. I'm not going to say whether that's true or not. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's allegory. Um, but, but I mean, still. I can only imagine that a golden age has got to be pretty magical. Right. Um, and so, but this is what they're alluding to. They're alerting to this formation of this sympathetic system. And they're kind of really trying to show this vegetable aspect of creation. Um, and that's why we kind of have Eve being coming out of.
0: Adam, I don't know if that makes sense. It does. I mean, again, back to the the concept of the, the way a plant can nourish itself. When a child is in the womb, there's that connection between how internally we can, you know, nourish the, the, the child to be. And then when the child is born, there's a period where that nourishment can still come from the mother's breast. Again, everything's kind of supplying its own to the point where now it's time for you to nurture the child. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing that happens when you start getting into botany or if you do like plants and you want to start gardening. It's like someone's given you the seed and you've planted the seed, but at some point, depending on what your, you know, home is like and and, and the place that you that you're you know having this garden it's gonna, it's gonna have you participate in nurturing those plants because they're like, well, we can kind of handle as much as we can, but we kind of need your aid here, and you kind of get very involved, which is why plants are so sacred. And people can always say, tell you, even if they're the least amount of spiritual, they'll say, "But there's something there." Those are my babies. You'll hear people say that, and it's funny how no one really considers that the same process of once the baby is no longer drinking from the mother's. Um, breast milk, it is time for you to just like you nurture those plants to kind of get this involvement with that plant uh, idea that we're talking about to start feeding the child, but only so it can like sustain itself on its own later on. But there's that period where you have to kind of have that same idea or perception of helping a a being that's alive but you kind of have to like just be there for it for I don't know I don't know what the period of time it is with regards to a plant. I mean eventually a plant will be like hey if you if you do a good job there's this part where I'm vulnerable but if you do a good job like I'll sustain myself for a long time and you'll hear that people say like oh yeah in the years that that was growing, I was very involved, but after a while, like just a little Mm -hmm. bit of water. I mean, it's kind of just doing its own thing. So I like that you're bringing up this aspect because it happens right now as we speak within the separation from the child, uh, way of nourishing from the mother. Once that's, over it's time for us to kind of partake a little bit more on helping them uh same thing with plants it's just like they can do it with, with without us but i'm saying when you take that step there's that period of time where you have to kind of like oh, okay i need to get involved in nourishing this this uh being right now but then it'll kind of make its way into does that make sense what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah yeah
1: absolutely absolutely um, yeah so no. yeah so
0: i like that you're talking about this plant aspect uh but go on
1: and i think that's impress- important too that you were bringing up like The birth as well, because in the birth, our birth, like leaving this, this kind of aspect is kind of, it's perfect because it kind of gets us to this next transition that's going to happen because we're kind of in this vegetable stage, right? Where we're living off the mother, right? And then we get kind of thrown into life. And that's really kind of like that representation of Saturn. You have your own battle with Saturn as you're starting to be pushed out of the womb where Saturn almost tries to suffocate you Mm. and almost tries to extinguish life. So depending if you have a smooth birth, a lot of times it's, it depends on, you know um, where sat like where Capricorn is and some like where Saturn is and stuff like that can kind of play. And if the birth is going to be difficult or not. Um, But either way you have this kind of traumatic event at birth and this is that your own creation story, right? This is like the spark that's going to happen. Um, And a lot of stuff is going to kind of happen in that moment. Um, And you have to overcome that and you have to see the light, right? And once you break the light, you've got that individual consciousness. The moment you see the light from the womb is when you really kind of have your first individual realization, Mm -hmm. um, which again is following the story, right? Um, And because Saturn has such a play role on this, there's like the sacrifice. You survive birth but saturn still has you because saturn's just like oh somebody has to sacrifice a lot of their energy to keep you alive because i want you like i am I'm, I'm i'm here for limits and again that's how you know infant mortality was just something we've just really started to approach in the last 100 and like 20 years with a success you know um, because the life expectancy of people doesn't really change after infancy Right. right so like way back in the day like i know the life expectancy has gone up but the only reason that number has gone up is because we've actually done better with child morali- mortality um, but people for the most part live this certain like 65 70 years that's really like this like common number throughout history like it gets a little further now um, but then we also see like the deterioration of the brain with the consciousness and we have like seniles and stuff like that's so, a they can keep the body alive, but it like, when it comes down to the soul, for the most part, the soul's got like 75 years and, um, you know, up to a hundred in a body, Right? you know, there's some individuals that have like, you know, far surpassed that for sure. But, um, that's kind of the average, but, um. The aspect of – and you know what? I have no idea where I was even going with that.
0: Well, with the plant energy, we were saying the the evolution (laughs) of like when you have to – when the human actually separates from – Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so there's this actual sacrifice um,
1: that the mother needs to make. And again, that that mother nurturing energy has to stay there because like even though the fight was won against Saturn in the birth and that the light was seen – there's still all these chances for the child to succumb to Saturn and be like, you know, cause Saturn wants to recycle your energy because cycle, it's all about recycling those cycles. So there needs to be that sacrifice again, made by that mother. Um, And this is kind of what we're going to kind of see in Bethlehem as well. Um, And just the story of the sacred mother ever, how she you're one with her, but she never forgets that. And really, even though you get cut out and you have your own individual Realization, she always still feels that connection mm-hmm. um, because she was kind of conscious of it. Um, and that's kind of what's like kind of leading us in. So again, this this beautiful drama we're seeing in this creation story is again, it's your drama. You went through this. This is when you like are listening to like Native American ceremonies and they're doing the drums and stuff like this and they're using fire. This is what they're, they're showing. They're showing this, the story of all, mm-hmm. right? And this is what's kind of coming together. So again, we have this, this um the chakra system this chi this idea of this like life force going through us that's very much presented by this this plant world um and um so as we kind of go we go from the mineral to the plant um and then so what we're going to find is Adam and Eve are living within this paradise so we're kind of living within this womb of ourselves um and then in comes this this snake right um so we're going to kind of see um and that's going to kind of come down in a little bit later and we're going to kind of touch on that cuz that's its whole aspect but just to kind of touch where that's going to come into the snake is really going to kind of represent the spinal cord okay and the snake is really going to kind of represent we're going to kind of do a whole which is exciting because we'll be approaching this, we'll go into how this actually represents Lucifer right? Um, and what that snake actually represents. But really kind of what that's going to mark, and if you're even like paying attention to the seven days of creation, they talk about how it goes from you know, plant life and then the sea life and then it makes the beast. Um, and that's kind of what we're, we're dealing with at this aspect. But what this is going to really kind of bring on with the telling of the story is the animated aspects of us. Um, and so now we are going to get into the realm of animal and Mm -hmm. we're going to kind of start to actually approach desires. Right. Right. And now we cannot just, you know, reproduce kind of like this asexual thing where we can kind of duplicate ourselves. Now we need to have intercourse. There needs to be some kind of sacrifice. There needs to be sacrifice for life, but now we have movement now we are able to move now we're starting to actually again have higher forms of consciousness that is so consciousness can actually express itself because remember that's the whole goal of everything is so consciousness can have express itself so again it's like the mineral gave the seed for that gave the seed bed for the plant kind of consciousness and then plant life consciousness gives the womb for animal consciousness. Animals, yeah. and we're just making our way up to human Right, but this is really where we're going to kind of have this desire aspect of us. Um, and we
0: talked about the with the R complex in the beginning of the first season, and when we talked about the uh, the the lower self, you know. But it yeah. stays with you for. I mean, it's still it's still with you and part right. of your journey, and it makes right. it part of your journey because you have to not necessarily suppress those urges, but they're urges that are not necessarily beneath you, but it's a level you've already overcome, but it's always surfacing to the point where it holds you back from expressing that consciousness you're talking about.
1: Right, right. And so in what we're going to kind of break into this, and this is why it's so important, is because in that R complex is where our desires and our drives are. And there's no, absolutely no way you can extinguish a desire and a drive. If you do, you're right. going to become neurotic. You're actually going to put physical damage to your brain because a, a desire and a drive has to be expressed. And this is what the the story of the animal kingdom is going to be about because Mm -hmm. we go through this fall because with desire we now are given that fruit of like good and evil right so man knows good and evil he's one of us he's eaten from the food of the god right so this snake is going to really kind of represent this um the spinal cord and the aspects of that kundalini energy and that individual animation and that individual desire to you know move and partake in kind of consciousness as it is so these this R complex desires and these are complex drives is really going to be as we move forward really what shadow work is all about because that's what you're really doing when you get into the shadow work is you're Identifying desires and drives, knowing that there's no way for these not to be expressed, so you are going to work through the alchemical process to express those drives, to express those desires through the highest aspect possible in your right. consciousness. Right? You raise it, but the musical notes. Um, but you can't ignore drives. It's impossible. Like, you know, and then pe- you talk to people, and they're like, "Well, like, what do I do? I have like this, like." you know, crazy sexual energy kind of thing, right? I have this drive where I just like, I'm like a sexaholic, right? And what those people usually are craving when they actually kind of start breaking it down is it's actually sometimes it's like a creativity blockage that they don't have. Like they don't express themselves creativity in their workplace, or they don't have any kind of creative expression. So the first thing people usually work on when they're like doing alchemical counseling of individuals, and they say that that's a An addiction, which I'm sure it is an addiction in a lot of people's lives in this world that we live in, especially with how much it's shot at you and it's almost like supported at this time. The first thing they tell them to do is like, you need to take that energy that's building up that you're just expressing this way and you need to have some kind of creative output. And they find a huge realization. Now, there's different kind of desires and there's different kind of drives. And we're gonna kind of get down to like the families of drives and desires so we can identify them. But talking about the art complex... This is what makes us up, and this is what's the pulse for us to move forward, okay? And this is kind of what the story about this cycle is, because this kind of represents um, Venus very much, because this kind of gives us desire, and this is like, you know, Lucifer represents Venus because he had this desire to, you know, overthrow, and had the desire to be God, and this is why Venus is sun of the morning, right? Because it's, it's the light that shines right before the sunrise, mm-hmm. and it's like trying to kind of compete, but... It's not such a bad thing. Again, Lucifer could be light or dark, um, but it's this desire energy. And we'll go and kind of go deeper into this. But this is, um, you know, when we kind of talk about, well, how do I shift my desires um, and how do I overcome that kind of Venus energy and this kind of fall? Because this is, what this did is it kind of gave us this disconnection and this is representing the fall and this is when we kind of kicked out of heaven. And this is why they're like, oh, like, you know, acting like a beast and stuff that's really just talking about kind of um being, un- being unaware of like the actual true connection with e- each other um but this um this whole desire energy and these whole this drive is really what we're going to be focusing in on redirecting right and this is what's going to kind of take us through this whole process and this is kind of why we're looking at it in this stages because again you know when we redirecting our desires and our drives that's when we're creating so this is why you kind of learn the steps that this creation happens? Yeah. That, that, that ring in? No, that absolutely, right sense? absolutely. Okay.
0: No, I, I. one of the things you're saying about in regards to our drive, the people who either suppress or indulge in the drive, it's always about balance, you know? It's like you gotta find exactly what you're gonna end up doing to be able to raise yourself to that next level of consciousness, which once again, I just love that you talked about alchemy in that regard of the seven steps that it takes to express yourself in the highest form, um, being so important, and yeah,
1: right. So, so it's perfect. So we kind of see, um, you know, as we're kind of going through these steps of creation, we're kind of seeing these different aspects, right? So now we we see Lucifer, um, and we see the the serpent kind of tempting us, and. This is how life evolves beyond the vegetable state. So this is how we become animated, right? Animation, animals. That's why they share that common, you know, that precursor of the word. Um, And, um, you know, this is physically what moves us. So we have a little bit of Mars as well, but also how we are moved by desire. And I think that's, I think the Mars energy kind of comes a little bit later, in the cycle, like I really like having kind of that Venus energy because you got to have the desire to move before you can actually move. It takes, you know, you might have the desire at three months to move, but you're not at that stage yet. Right. So I really see desire as again, it's just like very rooted thing. So the planets that have really kind of made themselves apparent now is like Saturn. And that's that first trying succumbing of the life. And that's that, that mist that kind of comes over to try to suffocate the darkness. So Saturn makes hard life hard to bear. Right. Lucifer and Venus kind of make life hard to understand. Okay, so this is where our desires can kind of create confusion. And this is why, you know, in the plant world, you're connected to the networks. You're part of the whole brain. You don't have to have this whole individual experience. You're connected with everything. There's no that individual confusion. The animal realm and this like introduction of Venus and desire gives you that aspect of confusion, yeah. which is not which is not in the code of that vegetable system. So again, this animal aspect is needed for consciousness to evolve, and we need to go through those animal stages. But with the freedom, there's now a sacrifice. And in this realm of the animal realm, to live, everything has to be sacrificed. You have to sacrifice a plant for its vegetables. You have to sacrifice its animals for its meat. Everything, right? Energy is always, you know... There's nothing other than like even like if me and you are gonna have a fire, we sacrifice the wood, right? Right, because we burn down the wood. Like the only thing we see that doesn't burn fuel, something that needs to use fuel is love, truth, and the sun. The sun doesn't need fuel. Truth doesn't need. It doesn't burn its own fuel. It's got its own internal heat, and then love has its own internal heat. Um, They don't need to. They they never have to cool down, right? That's like an infinite fuel. Will always keep burning. And that's that's information again that like is deep inside encoded to us, and why we're able to tap into that is because of that again that connection we had with the plant world. This is also where archetypes come from, right? The plant. Why we are able to share stuff like the common imagination is because we had that connection to those roots right now. So that's like our roots, Um, and so just like understanding what the Bible is trying to say here and how that there's this evolution of the soul, Mm -hmm. Um, but again. Never, for one second, forgetting that this is the story of your soul, you know, right um, and it's all there. And you know, it's really um it gives us again, and it kind of the comeback with as we're kind of seeing how this earth is getting formed, and we're talking about, you know, eons of time, so much time, but we're really starting to conceptualize that formative aspect of time that we kind of approached early on in the season and seeing time as more of this constructive unit rather than just this passive aspect of the past, present, future. Right. Right. And we're really starting to see the formation aspect of it. Um, So these, these steps of creation um, are really those, like, you know, those small, those small steps of your own creation. And, you know, it really is like the birth of the star. You're kind of the star. We're just kind of, we're making our way through um, getting up to that aspect. And we'll talk about the garden of Eden kind of like an podcast and we'll kind of talk about the fall a little bit more. So we will kind of go deeper into this desire energy um, and kind of what that snake and the Kundalini means, but it's, it's this very important aspect of the power that pushes us and that Mm -hmm. power to move, which is, um, you know, just so, so important. So um, yeah. And so And one thing I would love just to kind of drop in because we kind of talked a little bit about Venus, Um, Venus later on in mythology, a lot of time like Aphrodite is always like holding a mirror and people, if you're like in like a public school classroom, right? You'll talk about that as like, oh, because Aphrodite kind of represented vanity, which this is a perfect way to show how symbols, it depends on how you perceive the symbol Shows the merit of the tool. There's no such thing. So, just because somebody's holding a mirror doesn't mean so much vanity because when the mirror is used correctly, the mirror is used to reflect on your desires and understand how to utilize those to the highest aspect possible. Mm-hmm. So, even symbols, like you again, like you see, like sometimes we get messages about people and like, oh, I saw this symbol they must be like satan worshipers right or like this is bad right and you're like no that symbol is is so many different meanings it's not just what you think that symbol is right. right um and that's um that's kind of what we're kind of what we're kind of looking at so this whole understanding of venus and kind of getting this understanding of lucifer will really kind of be a good part of putting all these pieces together and we're going to start seeing all these players come in, right? We're going to see the aspects of Jupiter. We're seeing the aspects of Venus. We know the aspects of Saturn. We feel it. We're feeling
0: it even more and more and more. Um, The planetary uh, signatures and also the familiar um, story of self-creation from other religions and other philosophies and origins, like even in in Greek philosophy. And, And I can't wait to talk about the Titans. I know we talked a little bit about, you know, what that really represents and what the earth was doing, um, when those giants were around, but I'm excited to get into that too.
1: Right. And and again, this is the battle that's happening within us, you know, mm-hmm. and Jupiter really kind of comes around to be like the hero to, um, kind of keep that Saturn at bay. Right. And this is why we have like enthusiasm and like, you have stuff like just like high joy and like, you know, gl- joyfulness and all this right, stuff right, that right. kind of brings in Jupiter to kind of like soften that dark hard aspect of saturn um and this is just like so exciting because i know we were talking about like doing dune this is the cube like saturn represents the cube the box and there's like this again i talked about it i think in the past But there's this famous scene where paul the lead character has to put his hand inside this black box uh, and and they're like what's in that box
0: and i think his mother's holding the
1: box it's it's like the kind of it's like the high priestess of their community. So okay. the mother of like, she was like the mother's trainer, I believe. Um, I have to reread that movie. I'm rereading that book now, and I'm about to get to the, and that book's, it's cool because that's like early on in the book. Um, but he asks, he's like, what's in the box? And she's just like, oh, pain, you know? And that's what Saturn's all about. That's what they're talking about when he's going through that ritual. He's going through the aspects of Saturn. He's going through his birth story again. Um, and then again, we talk about rebirth. So what happens in a rebirth or spiritual rebirth? comes with pain. So that birthing process and that not confusing. We And I think we did a great job and had a great response from people when we were talking about not confusing the birthing process with the end mm-hmm. um, and how sometimes we just continue to stay in that birthing process and we just kind of bounce around because we don't want to see the light and we don't want to actually like move towards where we need to do. But that light that kind of comes around the sun brings a light to the situation and now we're going to start to see these other players. So with this creation of this external light and this earth giving way to the vegetable and to the animals, we're really going to start to see these planets and their archetypes really start to kind of come out. Yeah. Um and we're going to see these great stories that again through the aspect of subjective information, these stories should have been so different by the time they got down to us, but they're all still the same and they're all connected. It um
0: it's, we're still regularly dismissed.
1: Right. And and so it's like one more Dune quote there. It's one step beyond logic because logically a um, material scientist would look like that and be like, Well, there's gotta be some reason why all these stories they share these same common things. You know, there's there's something there, but it's because these stories are this internal realization. Right. Right. And there's the only way we're gonna talk to that is through that, you know using that imagination. And and again, we lose some of that imagination with the fall and we're going to kind of go into a little bit more of the fall, but if we can just kind of, as you're going through when they're talking about the steps that the creation was made. So it's even before kind of the fall, but it's just like talking about what came first. Mm-hmm. Think about how it was. They're just talking about the evolution of the soul, the evolution of earth, the evolution of life. And most importantly, the evolution of consciousness, because that's what it's all about everything is in support of consciousness. Right. And that's another thing that we, and this is what, this is what justifies life being sacrificed for life because it's the expansion of consciousness. So again, it's something we kind of have to get familiar with um, and kind of get comfortable with. And I know there's like Jainism who, you know, they really, really try to like limit as like hurting any living thing. And that's amazing. Um, but there is this, even those individuals that take those amazing oaths, um no, that overall like the universe does have life needs to support life. They're going to try to limit that as much as possible. And that takes amazing, you know, self-control and discipline, um, that some of those priests do. Um, like they even, they were wearing masks over their mouse, um, not for disease, but so like a gnat wouldn't by accidentally fly into their mouth and they would kill it. Right. That's how like dedicated they are to that aspect. Um, but they would still tell you that life supports life. They just want to, they're just trying to like really carry, a really, really strong light torch to be like, I'm going to try to limit it as much as possible. Um, but we're learning these primal lessons and these primal drives. Um, and again, we're starting to see this this really, really great story, this archetypal story um, getting formulated here.
0: I know, I can't believe we're on verse 3, 4, and 5. Um, but I think there's momentum now. And that's something that I'm really noticing the more we have these conversations and study along the way with, with regards to Genesis is that it it's, it's once you have these deep comprehending or once you have this idea kind of placed in a, a nice area where you can open your imagination towards what is actually being said and understood, the rest of it kind of starts to add up really fast. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if you start reading other verses past this, you You'll start to kind of be like, oh my gosh, I completely like I can feel it almost internally, which is I think always what it was meant to do for you, is mm-hmm. to have an internal realization that is sort of um, you know, ignited uh within you, you know. And I think that as we break these down in this very beginning, it's starting to sort of like lend itself now to say, Hey, this is really what we're trying to to let you know about, you know, you and how you really were made in the image of God, but what that really means and how it's still the story of you and that with that, you know what I mean? Cause like, right. Um, that's something that I keep reading about, you know, and that people want to, you know, sort of break down is like, so for the image of God, are we gods ourselves? And I'm like, well, yeah, but you have to understand like the complexity of what it means to make it back home. And mm-hmm. the story in this blueprint has given you that, that, um, that breakdown of what that is. And mm-hmm. so, yeah I'm just sort of like unfolding things as I go but I, I feel like it these first five six seven ten verses are kind of like giving you the sort of the the map you know mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing is but yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's really is it's it's unreal and you know it's funny this is and it goes kind of, kind of back with all the episodes you know you go back and you listen to some of the episodes and um, kind of just to, you know, see if there's anything that you might be, like, missed up on or or something that you want to add to. But there's always just – you could almost do, like, a whole other podcast of – Like, there's some episodes I go back and I'm like, oh, why didn't we talk about that? Like, we should have talked about this. Because, like, even though that was a representation of it, we could have gotten deeper or – You know, so it just shows how, like, endless this discussion of Genesis right. is. And we could literally just made a podcast called Genesis and talked about Genesis for forever, I feel like. yeah. So, no,
0: I, I think that it, it'll it come up just like the breakdown of alchemy, right? You got the seven stages of alchemy that we go over. Now people that write to us or people who have an opinion based on a whole other topic we're uh, embarking on will still bring back you know, the seven stages of alchemy and their relevance to what we're saying. And I think Genesis is meant to do the same thing where as we unfold this, uh, you know, there's something that I like that I've read that says, you know, um, was it the, uh, all the mental events become physical events. And we're kind of learning how that happens. And it's already happening just within people's desire to, change their perspective and understanding of the physical world. And then the physical world changed to the perspective that they're now starting to understand within themselves. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, again, Genesis is just doing that for you. Mm -hmm. uh, So you have something to sort of go off of before it's the other way around where the physical world conducts the mental, you know, it should be really the mental that really brings in the physical Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's a, that's a task.
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, and so like what we're kind of saying when you were talking about those different kind of la- layers, we're really kind of getting into the aspect of like causation, mm-hmm. because in these seven steps of creation, we also are going to kind of see how, how chemically they kind of viewed the world. And it was really these these levels that kind of happened before matter. So when we're really kind of talking about this aspect of actually making changes happen, kind of on this aspect it's in these realms of causation that are really, really important. And these levels of creation kind of help allude it to us and give us that mental image to be able to actually perceive how that actually manifests out. How to make Um, it to the physical. How to make it to the physical. And that kind of goes into that whole cause and effect podcast we've had. And just the whole idea of how important causality is and really understanding the causal aspects rather than the effects. And when we were talking about desires and drives, it's that's the subject of the causality right there. So it's going to be kind of cool as we kind of go into one of the reasons where you study creation is to study the causality of life, you know, and then that's going to kind of help us drive this,
0: drive this conversation forward. Cool, man. Right. Well, I have nothing else to add to it. Uh, I know that as we unfold the rest of the verses, we'll be able to sort of tie in what we just finished up, um, this week, I know the week prior to this one that we're speaking in right now in regards to Genesis, we went into numbers. So we might do something like that next week where we kind of take a little bit of a, of a different path away from the verses to sort of explain a few other things um, that relate to everything we talked about today in regards to maybe even the um, planetary signatures that we went into. But I'm not really sure what's on the agenda. We could just continue the verses for next week. So stay tuned on that. Um, and shout out to my man, man. Trent Jones. Trent Jones, Jones. saves
1: the entire podcast episode.
0: Yeah, what you guys don't know about this podcast is, as it was in ending, first time it has ever happened to my computer, it did an update without me um, confirming. And normally, even when that happens, it saves the file even in my um, the the studio software that I use for for recording here. And I didn't find it, and Dale and I went into a total panic. So Trent Jones, I thank you. Trent Jones was here, so thank you, Trent Jones. For finding, for finding the file, um, but uh, you know we get by with our
1: friends. We get by, right? It's like that song. So, um, well, fantastic, my friend. Anything else? I don't, I don't think so. I think we'll go. I think we'll kind of make our way into the Garden of Eden and kind of talk about that whole Lucifer situation, you know, because we brought up Satan with Saturn, right? So I think kind of delving deeper into that idea of like that Luciferian kind of theology and the idea of like desires and drives so we'll just kind of take that a little bit further cool man cool game on game on awesome until next time until next time excellent